Chapter Ten of the Ladder of Rickety Rungs. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Caro. The Ladder of Rickety Rungs by T. C. O'Donnell. Chapter Ten Where the Night Things Go. If ever you go in search of the grotto of where the night things go, watch carefully for the roots of the old oak tree. Wondell did not miss them this time, and neither should you. He stopped and made sure of which was his left hand, and then turned. He had gone not more than as far as he would walk in a minute, when he came into the grotto, and Sue and the Blink children behind him. The grotto was that large they could not see the end nor the sides of it, and it was lighted, enough, I suppose, but not more than it should be. The moon had had a hard time of it the night before, with folks making faces through huge telescopes at him, and nod children climbing up the ladder of rickety rungs and clambering all over him. He came back to the grotto that morning, I may as well tell you, a bit out of humour he went straight to bed and gave orders that he was not to be awakened until the day's end but the stars were all there and the milky way and the sunset glow and the rings that you see around the moon and so the moon was not missed so much for that matter the light would have been quite enough if it had not been so jerky as wondell called it the stars had a bad habit of twinkling all at once this made it light like day one instant, only to be not so light the next. This was the first thing Wondell noticed, and he walked right up to a lonesome-looking owl and mentioned the matter. "'Yes, I know,' said the owl, "'and we all know, but what can we do? All the night things have tried to invent something that will keep it light even when the stars untwinkle.' It's not so bad when the moon is around with the rest of us, but he is a lazy one and sleeps nearly all the time. No, it can't be helped. Oh, come on, Mr. Owl, don't say that, said Wondell. It's easy. Have half of them twinkle one time and half the next time and so on. That way half of them will be twinkling all the time. The owl, that wise old owl, looked at him in wonder. "'My boy,' he said, "'you're a genius. "'Let me introduce you and your little nod friends "'to the other night things. "'Here is North Star now. "'North,' he called. "'There are some little folks and some nod children.' "'North Star shook hands with all the children "'from Wondell on down to Blick. "'Only he gave Blick a star-shaped kiss right on the cheek, and then went right back to work again on what Wondell thought was a watch. "'Is it a stem-winder?' he asked. "'It's not a watch at all,' said North Star, "'but a compass.' And Wondell thought here was a good man for not laughing when he asked the wrong questions, for too many people did that very thing. Then North Star went on. "'I am a guide for the ships at sea, and must not move from my place all through the night.' wherever i am is north to the sailors sometimes it is hard to find my place in the sky and so i have to keep a very good compass don't you rest all night long asked sue well i stand first on one foot and then on another and so on for stars have five feet you know 
and that helps me. And sometimes the night clouds help. The clouds, I may as well say, are rather foolish things, and scud across the night skies with very little sense. They do not stay in one place as they are supposed to do, but run madly about, this way and that, and sometimes get themselves torn to shreds by running into a star or something, or getting caught on a horn of the moon. It got so bad one time, the North Star said, that we nearly ran out of clouds altogether, and there was a month you did not see a cloud in the night sky. Of course you don't remember, because that was a long time ago. But it was that way, and our weavers of clouds had to work all day and all night to get a supply ahead, so we made it a rule that only part of the clouds could go out at one time. The white ones the first night, the pink ones the next, the purple clouds another night, and the blue, grey and black clouds in their turn. Things have been much better since then, but even now they miss their count sometimes, and I have known them all to come out at one time, without a cloud left behind, and the sky covered over with them, and the moon and stars hid entirely. Of course it would do no good to stay up all night when the clouds hid you, would it? Wondell and the other children all thought it would not, and North Star continued, what we do of times like that is to come home to the grotto and let the clouds have their show. Let them see the clouds, Owl. There they are now, said the Owl, and he pointed to great puffs of this and that colour that you or I might take to be heaps of fluffy wool or cotton. Wondell had already noticed them, but thought them some kind of gay bushes or trees like you see piled high on the sides of hills. They really are quite a nuisance, said the owl. They blow about and get in your eyes, and bits of them get under your feet and tangle you up, especially the purple and blue ones. The weavers are constantly having to do things to them, as North said, patching them and making new ones. Then the owl burst into a laugh that Wondell thought was the funniest owl laugh he had ever heard. Look! it cried. There comes a cloud the weavers have just patched, a grey one with three kinds of patches on it, red, white, and purple. It's terrible. Why, it's lovely, said Sue. But the owl said something about poor taste, and Sue replied, But folks like clouds and things to have lots of colour, don't they, Wondell? I suppose owls who are so wise knew that. Well, upon my word, I've argued and fought to keep the clouds one colour just to please folks, and now to find they don't like em that way. Well, it's better and cheaper to use up all the small pieces, I can say that much, so we'll give folks all the patched clouds at night they want from now on, said the owl. Then they came to a pool with seven tall trees about it, and grass and seven stars, each star with a wreath of a veil made of a red sunset, dancing and singing by its edge. They are the Pleiades, said the owl, who could be depended on to know who was who in the grotto, even if he didn't know so much about how clouds should be patched. Suddenly Snorer called out, Where's Sue? And Sue, sure enough, was nowhere to be seen. They looked all about the pool, and the Pleiads joined the search. They went back and asked North Star if he had seen a little folk girl, 
but his only thought was to find the great bear at this big tears came into wandell's eyes but as they went in search of this big creature the owl told him that the great bear did not eat little girls but that it was just one of the star families just after they had passed the midnight hour they came to the great bear and wandell much to his surprise saw it laugh and grin at him it had not seen a stray little folk girl but just then a crowd of gay laughing clouds came past chattering among themselves about something that gave them a great deal of fun those clouds know something about it i'll wager you said the oldest of the bears old gamma bear who is so old that her teeth clatter in her head whenever she talks the owl called to them and they turned and came toward them there were clouds of all colours lovely pink clouds and beautiful blue and red ones but the most beautiful of all was a gorgeous purple cloud that danced here and there and shaking with laughter have you seen anything of a little folk girl that is lost somewhere in the grotto asked the owl and for reply the clouds only laughed the harder you don't seem to understand said the owl a little folk girl is lost and have you seen her for reply this time the clouds went sailing past but of all of the clouds wandell thought he had never seen any so beautiful as the purple cloud i'm sure she is as good as she is beautiful he said and i know she will help me find sue so wandell went in search of the good purple cloud and came up with her where the pleiads had stopped her with the scarves of sunset glow that they wore as wandell came up they lifted a corner of the purple cloud and it was not a cloud at all but the veil of purple dusk that sue had brought with her and wound about her to surprise wandell when he should think her a cloud so you are the purple cloud exclaimed wandell mayn't i go out into the night sky with the clouds to-night wandell sue asked everyone says i would make a nice cloud and i could be back with them in the morning but wandell was afraid she might dash into the west side church on elm street which had a spire that sometimes touched the sky and besides said wandell we promised to climb the ladder of rickety rungs on to the moon with blink to-night and it is time we should go too and it was for the stars and the sunset glow and the other things began to get ready for the journey to the skies so the children all said good-bye to the night things and told the owl how much they loved him and passed out again into the cove but the swans said it had taken the children so long to talk to the owl that no time was left before they should have to become stars in the night sky and they need not guard the entrance to the grotto so they went home to the palace of blink the way they had come end of chapter 10